take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. And those little things are choosing the next right meal, choosing to go work out, choosing to hug somebody or smile at somebody or make somebody feel better on a daily basis. I think all those little things, if you compound them over time, will make you the best version of you. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I'm super excited for you to get to hear today's episode with my special guest, Kenny Santucci. Kenny is a personal trainer and entrepreneur from New York City. He owns and operates The Strength Club, a private training facility that prides itself on helping members train both their body and their mind. Kenny is also the creator of Strong New York, which is New York's largest in-person fitness and wellness experience, which is actually coming up this October on October 1st of this year. So if you're listening to this ahead of that date and you're anywhere on the East Coast, check out the link in the show notes to find out more. And it's definitely an experience worth checking out and you'll get a ton of value out of. Kenny is super passionate about helping people transform not only their bodies, but their lives. And he makes sure he is always leading by example. I personally met Kenny because he, like me, is a nut for continuing education and personal growth. And we met in Florida at an event for health and fitness educators. We immediately connected and I made sure that as soon as I got back to New York, I went right to go check him out at his gym and I was not disappointed. This is a super fun combo. Kenny definitely brought out a little bit of my native Brooklyn, New Yorker energy. Uh, so you're going to hear some F-bombs and all that stuff. But, you know, that's okay. We're all adults here. All right. Enjoy. All right, Kenny, what made you want to become a fitness coach and eventually start your own gym in New York City in such a competitive environment? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it, I, a couple things. One, uh, it's the... Uh, simple thing that I was really heavy as a kid. I was fat and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to understand and learn as much as I could about the human body and how to get in better shape. Um, I didn't understand why everybody else was thin and I was heavy. And, you know, I started to dive into that at a pretty young age, 12, 13, 14 years old. I started to really, you know, start to learn and understand more and more about, um, the human body and then training and everything else. And I kind of went down that rabbit hole so far that I started to enjoy it for myself. And I was like, all right, well, I want to teach the other people around me, uh, my family members and stuff, how to do the same thing. Uh, I always felt that I was selling something and believed in something that everyone could benefit from, that everyone should be doing, that there's really no downside to it. And when you, when you think about it, there's very few things in life that are as pure, you know, um, Obviously, everything's got its tainted past and uh, mixed up in some controversy with fitness and everything else. But at the at the end of it, at the core of it, it's the um, it's fitness that I think will help a lot of people kind of change their ways and help them along 
in life. I think the gym teaches us a lot of things. Um, so it just kind of made me believe in it a ton. And, you know, I, I try to get everybody to do the same thing. I, I know how good it is. And I know that sharing it with others will be the, uh, the best thing to happen to them and me. I, I appreciate that. Um, especially in the beginning, you know, th- that, as you're talking, it's just like, so parallels my exact experience. Cause I was yeah. the exact same way. Right. And I feel like this is that every, a lot of people, personal trainers and fitness enthusiasts have this start where it's like, I did this for myself. I never got into fitness with the idea of like, I was going to teach other people. It was just like, I wanted to be less shitty myself. And then eventually yeah. when you figure that thing out, you're like, well, how could I not share it with other people? Right. You see, you found a, a way to quote unquote, end your suffering, you know, to, to, to get out of this place where you were so stuck for years. And then you see all these people, whether it's friends, family, strangers who are stuck in the same way. And it's just like, how do I not then want to go and help people? So when you're, when you did that and I did the same thing, like I dove into the education, right? I was the same way. I was like, I don't understand why I'm out of shape. I don't understand. I was working out too. Like there was a, there was a long stretch where I was in the gym working out five, six days a week and getting nowhere because I had no clue what I was doing. And I, you know, there's a bunch of reasons for that, but that was like the, the impetus for me to jump in. And like, I started reading textbooks and learning more. And I know that you are super into education and, you know, investing in yourself, going to seminars, reading books. And like, that's how you and I met. So how important do you think education is one for yourself and where you are. And then two for like the average person, you know, how much should someone be reading or investing in this type of stuff, going in, going to seminars, if they're just like a regular guy who wants to lose 20 pounds. I think there's a lot of fucking noise out there, just like there is with every, everything. Um, there's so much noise. There's so many people who are experts and, you know, it's good that there are people trying to educate people and get them involved. And some people are just doing it for a paycheck and then other people really give a shit. Um, you know, for, for the longest time here in New York, it's like, oh, I'm a part-time trainer, but uh, trying to be a model or an actor or whatever it is. For me, I wanted to dive in. I, I would see people that I admired that I started going to their seminars and following them on whether, I mean, back in the day, there was no social media. It was just by word of mouth you heard about the earth shakers in the industry. And I wanted to follow what they were doing. I wanted to know the things they knew. So for me, education was like everything. Like I wanted to understand what they knew and I wanted to understand what would make me better. And I didn't want to kind of shortcut it. Should the average person go and, you know, take seminars and stuff? It depends on what they want to do. I definitely think they should be, I've always said this. I mean, I've been saying this for years, even at my old gym, the more educated somebody becomes, the, the more they understand why they're doing it, the more dedicated they'll become, the more involved they become. I think that uh, for one, exactly as you said, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of bullshit and there's a lot of, it's hard, I think, for the average person to parse through that, right? Because it's like, how, how if, I, if I've never exercised before and then my doctor says, hey, you should exercise. And then I type in weight loss into Instagram. I'm not going to get the most the most factually correct information. I'm going to get the thing with the most likes. I'm going to get, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the bullshit and the noise. So I think that that's a hard thing for, for people to deal with. Cause it's like, how do you even know? The thing is like, you have to know, to know, right? Like you or I can look at someone's post and be like, Oh, this person is full of shit. You know, this person doesn't know what they're talking about, but the average person, they get caught in this cyclone of again, like, Oh, if that person has a million followers, they must know what they're talking about. But it's, it's not 
really the case. But I think that the, the antidote to that is exactly what you said. It's it's education because that's that's the difference maker. And the interesting thing that I've seen working in a gym for almost 10 years is there's a direct correlation between the people who get the most results and the people who care just enough to be a little bit more educated. Like power lifters and physique competitors. And like those people are obviously taking it to a bit of an extreme, but they don't just dick around. Like they learn what's going on. They hire a trainer, they read textbooks, they, they, they dive into this stuff. And they're, that to me is the, the, the difference between the people who just kind of tread water and get nowhere or the people who are like, I'm, I'm about this and I've, I'm really going to make something out of it. There's, there's different levels. And that's why you hire a coach. Like if I want to get better at business, I hire a business coach. If I want to learn more about my health and, you know, I go see a doctor. I think the industry for trainers and it, it's been so bastardized because the, the level of entry is so, the barrier of entry is so low. So everybody comes in and everybody's a fucking expert. It's the only field in the, in the world. You come in, you know, more than the people who are in front of the class. Um, and I think that's the biggest problem is that like somebody watches a workout video or somebody does one physique show and now they're, they're expert, everything and all things fitness. So I tell people all the time, it's like, learn from people who really know what they're talking about, who've been doing it a long time. I always say there's, there's depth to something that has stood the test of time. You know, people are always like, well, I hate acupuncture. It doesn't do anything. I'm like, well, it didn't do anything. It could have been around for thousands of years, right? So it's doing something. It might not do anything for you, but it's doing something uh, for some people. I think there, there's, if it was, if it was bullshit, it would have been debunked a long time ago, whether it's acupuncture or it's weightlifting or powerlifting, for instance, like I go back and forth with guys all the time about different exercises that they feel don't do anything. Well, it's, you know, the mechanical tension isn't the same and there's no real, uh, you know, benefit to doing that exercise and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, if there's somebody I follow or I've known for a long time who has done that exercise and gotten results to it, despite the fact that you biomechanically, you don't think it works as well as it does. I mean, it's clearly working for this person, you know, it, it's done something. Um, so I, I try to stay away from like shitting on different things. Um, but there's different degrees of, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And I think if, if you have somebody who has never done anything and then they get on the, uh, an elliptical machine and they start burning some fat and they start moving a little bit. It's like, okay, it's doing something for them. For somebody like me or you, if we, we're wasting our time spending 20, 30 minutes on an elliptical machine because it's really not moving the needle for us. In the exact same boat of, I say this all the time, success leaves clues. And again, I, I you can believe it in acupuncture or not, but it, it's stuck around. Chiropractic, massage, all of these forms of therapy, whatever, they, they, they work for people. I know people, I don't particularly say, I believe in, in, uh, chiropractic, you know, that they're adjusting your spine, but I know infinite people who say that like they were dying and their, their chiropractor adjusted them and then they feel better. So it's like, who am I to, to, to shit on anything like that? And, and there's a level of, you know, I always, again, success, success leaves clues. And if you just follow these threads and that's something that I'm super interested in, in, in life in general, because I see fitness as an analogy for other places in life, right? Do hard things in the gym, lift heavy weights, you get better. And the same thing in business, the same thing in relationships. So I'm curious, like following that, that line of thinking, is there anything that you've seen because you work at, at high levels with high level people and 
with successful people, if we're just being straight up honest, right? So what are like some of the common threads of success that you've seen that maintain inside and out of the gym? You know, I heard this, I forget where I heard it. And I wish I could fucking remember it because it's, it was so powerful for me. Two things make you successful, right? Consistency and patience. Most millionaires become millionaires because of consistency, constantly saving money and it, it compiles over time. And everybody, everybody's looking for that get rich quick scenario. And it doesn't really work for a lot of people. And even the people who do, who, who it does work for, they don't know how to handle it. So then they end up losing it. And it, it's surprising how many people, when you really start to look at the numbers on it, end up spending it all and they don't know how it happened. And it's so simple when you really start to look at it and think about it. People who get rich quick start to acquire all these other things that cost a ton of money. And it's like your, your monthly nut or your yearly nut just becomes so much bigger and more vast than you thought it would be. And it just drains any, everything and anything you have. So consistency and then patience. It's like I had, you know, my first gym didn't work out that well, but I stuck with it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this other gym. And the, things went really well, but didn't work out the way I hoped they would. And, it fell apart. And then I went out to the park and I started doing workouts in the park and things were going well, but you know, the world came back and now it's like, I need to be able to compete with other people. So I need a gym. And, you know, some days I'm like, man, this is the best thing that could have happened. And other days I'm like, fuck this, this is hard. I'm spending a ton of money and I'm wasting a ton of time here and I'm beating the shit out of myself. But at the end of the day, I know this is what I want to do. Right. I know that I'm on the right path and I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. And, you know, I was telling you about the event I'm going to throw and, you know, if it does well, it does well, but it's like, I know I'm on the path of what I want to do and the, the world and the realm that I like being in. So I continue to push towards that. I was just at, away and, you know, I was with a bunch of people who work in marketing and advertising and tech and all this stuff. That world doesn't interest me at all. I wouldn't want to switch careers and go do that. These guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars. These, everybody does really well within this world and it's fun and it's exciting. And But like for me, it's like I, I want to do what I want to do with those people, right? I want to do my thing with those people. So I, I stay at it and I stay consistent. And I'm, you know, next month I have some education courses at the gym and I'm going to take those and I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to push forward. And then I have my event in October and it's like, I constantly play in this realm. I love that. I'm going to uh, circle back about your event, but it's, it, there's so much again that you said there. It's, it's so funny. I'm just like nodding my head as you're speaking. Cause we're, again, we're so similar in so many ways. Cause I used to have this exact, this exact experience where it's like, I would meet up with my friends, you know, I grew up in New York city. So I would meet up with my friends for like happy hour drinks on a Friday. And all my friends were, you know, marketing executives and lawyers and this and that. And like, they're all making a lot more money than me by all outward metrics, more successful than me. And yet yeah. when we get together for drinks, they're like, oh my God, I need a drink. I fucking hate my job. Oh my God, thank God it's the weekend. And like, it's like, I'm looking at them. They're looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm not so focused on money and, and, and forward advancement of my career. And I'm like a personal trainer. And yet I'm looking at them like, but you hate your life and you're, yeah. you're getting sick and you're getting, you're, you're gaining weight and you can barely move and all this crazy stuff. So it's, a, it's just a flip of, I think the way that so many people look at look at things, patience and consistency. Those two things you were just talking about from a business and a millionaire's perspective, take out business and put in fitness. And it's the same answers. Consistency and patience will, will cure everything when it, terms, when it comes to fitness and weight loss 
and, and all of this stuff. And it's funny, like I just finished uh, teaching a course. I, it's an eight week online course. I literally titled it quit quitting. So it's all about how do you quit quitting on yourself? Because, mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing. How do we build the patience and the consistency? Because my theory is if you just don't quit on yourself, you can have anything you want, right? Most people, they say they quote unquote, they failed at their diet or they failed in the gym, but it's like, you can't, you can't fail a diet. You stop doing it. You can't fail at the gym. You stopped going, or you didn't give it a long enough time. When you think about that, like patience and consistency, how have you personally been able to persevere exactly like you said, in those times where you weren't at the top of the game, when you were, when, when everything was failing and you were doing workouts in a park or like at your low times at the lowest points in your life, how are you able to remain patient and stay consistent? Well, here's the thing that there were times in the park I'd show up and I had all these weights and I had all this equipment and stuff. And like, I had to get four people or two people, you know, there are times when nobody shows up. Um, but that's what happens. I mean, I, you know, I read a lot of book on musicians and rock stars and stuff, and every one of them has a story of how they played in front of a crowd with nobody, nobody there. It's like three people at a bingo hall. If you want to be a gym owner or a, a trainer, it's, you have to fill up the room eight times a day, at least it's got to be consistent. you got to, you got to grind at it. You know, you want to be consistent you want to make money you have to you have to be willing to grind and i think it's any job right like any job there's there's nobody i know who's that successful just like we were saying before like i was telling you my my clients who are very successful are well into their 50s 60s some of them even 70 years old who are still working they're successful but they're still working so i think this this old mentality of like Hey, I'm going to make a ton of money by the time I'm 55 and retire and do nothing. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the real dream for me. I'd love to be able to continue to do what I love to do. I mean, I know a ton of people with a ton of money that could easily just walk away and enjoy their lives on a beach, but they don't. There's a reason why people don't do it. What's just standing out to me when you talk about that is that you said it before that this is where you want to be. This is what you're passionate about. This is what your, your purpose, you could say. And I think that's the difference maker, right? Because there's people who are a lawyer, right? But they hate being a lawyer. Like, oh, I hate my job, but it pays well. And I think those are the people who are just waiting to get that, to, to hit that number or to reach that, that pension or whatever the hell it is. But then there's people like you who are like, no, I'm not working to get to a certain place financially. Like, obviously I want to get, I need to make money and that's a thing, but I would do this regardless of of anything. And I think that is what, in my experience, allows you to be patient and to be consistent, right? Because at those days when you were working out, not out of a gym, but out of a park with a bunch of weights that you lugged down to the park by yourself and no one showed up, if it was a job that you hated, that's a very hard thing to stick with. That's a very hard thing to go, okay, I'm going to show up again tomorrow. Or like that very easily people would, would buck from that and go, well, this isn't working out. It's just, I, I gave it my, I gave it my fair shot. It, it just isn't working. But because it was something that you were so passionate about, it gave you that, that fire to be like, well, it doesn't matter if no one came, I'm going to show up again tomorrow. I'm going to show up again tomorrow. And again, this, I am always like looking for the parallels between things because that's how I think about fitness. If I'm trying to do something that I hate doing because someone told me it's the best thing. I'll do it for a while, but eventually I'm going to be like, screw this. Where if I can find the thing in fitness that I enjoy and it doesn't feel again, it has to be a workout at the end of the day. Like we can't just, we can't just watch Netflix and, and enjoy it and hope that it makes you lose weight. That's not, that's not realistic, but 
where do you put like enjoyment of the activity in terms of like CrossFit versus powerlifting versus marathon running versus swimming versus Zumba dancing in the hierarchy of like the needs of what people actually need to get out the result that they want? Well, everybody, despite what they want to think, I think everybody gets into it because they want to look better aesthetically and going down that road and then getting to that point and then realizing what you want. I think people find their niche. I always said that. I think CrossFit was a good gateway drug for a lot of people to come into the fitness space. You know, they see their friends doing it. They start to look better. They jump in. Then they're really like, oh, I really like the gymnastics aspect of this. So I'm going to go more towards that. Or I really like the powerlifting side of it. So I go towards that. And it kind of takes them down this other road and they need a, a community of people that they're interested in hanging out with, that they like being around that they find to be fun. And I think that's happened for a lot of people. And I think that's how fitness has expanded so quick on social media as well. Uh, I think a lot of it has started with the, a lot of the CrossFit sp- uh, stuff and bodybuilding. Um, people go down that road and they're like, Oh, I really enjoy this. So I think it's a good balance personally. Like for me, I like a good balance of, I love to run. I, I love being outdoors. I like the, I've always been a, a big long distance biking, running type of guy. I've always found, I found success in that, whether I was wrestling in high school and college, or it was, you know, CrossFit, the longer workouts it tend to be where I do better. I was never super strong. So I, I always tried to fight towards that. I'm like, all right, I need to do more of this because I need to get as strong as I possibly can just for myself. So I think it's a healthy balance. And I was explaining this to somebody while I was away. I think there needs to be at least two days of heavy stress weight training i think you need two mid-range days where you're doing some sort of bodybuilding-esque type workouts and i think there should be two long days something a little bit more steady state cardio just for the average person to kind of start to see some aesthetics but i think that we need to push that top end strength i think we need to do some stuff that'll help us look aesthetically more pleasing. And I think there should be some days where it's kind of uh, light to moderate work that I find to be successful. And that's kind of how I designed the gym, the programming at the gym. Like I want people to be the, their best. And how do I get the average person not to kill themselves, but to get them to a point where, you know, they're, they're doing all these things on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really basic outline that you just laid out for anyone listening. The, the way you just laid that out of like two heavy strength days, two aesthetic days, two cardio days, it's, it's super well balanced. Like you can't really fight against that. You can't really like, there's, no, there's nothing I could really say to be like, no, that's wrong. You know, and I wouldn't, you shouldn't because that it's super basic and it's the simple things that work. Again, the simple things allow you to be consistent. And if you're consistent long enough and you're patient long enough, then that's how you get the real results, regardless of what you're doing. But one thing that you mentioned there that was interesting to me about specifically about your gym. And I've been to your gym. I've worked out at your gym before. So I know is the word community. So I'm curious how you look at building a community in your business and, and how important you think that is for people to be able to, to find that, that communal aspect when it comes to fitness or when it comes to anything else. Well, there are definitely different types of gyms, right? Like there's different environments and different things that people are looking at of a gym. I think what helps people, stay committed is the community aspect of it. You know, I think there's a lot of people I know who go to 
like a, an equinox, right? And they'll go to an equinox and they're like, yeah, I jump on the treadmill. I do that for a little bit. And then, you know, I kind of look at myself in the mirror a little bit, do a set of curls and then I leave. And it's like, nothing's really getting done. You're paying just as much you would if you were going to a CrossFit gym or any type of gym with the community. I think when, when there are other people there kind of struggling with you and kind of going through the same bullshit, I think people start uh, tend to stay uh, around a lot longer. I think when you're looking at it from a business aspect, I think the equinoxes do better because it's just like get people through the door and we don't give a fuck if they do good or not. They don't care. I have this crazy idea that if people are going to pay me to come to the gym, I should get them results. So that's kind of where my passion lies. Like I love watching people transform. I love watching people see themselves in a different light. So for me, it's like, that's where I get the joy from. And if that wasn't happening in my space, then I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, there's, there's no real drive there. It's just like, if I owned a big box gym with no community um, or any gym for that matter, with no community, it tends to be like, all right, well, I can own a gym or I can own a fucking hair salon or <laughs> a bank. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm just collecting a paycheck at that point. I have really no involvement in the, in the business. That's the thing about, you know, again, for people listening, the difference between you can hear the passion that Kenny is, is talking with and like the difference between a 24 hour fitness or a blink or an equinox or whatever versus finding like a cool, cool boutique gym that's smaller where that communal aspect, you know, those those group workouts really are, I think you said something along the lines of like someone who's like in the shit with you, you know, like, and there's a real, there's a level to that. I swear to God, when I was at your gym working out, I would have stopped a hundred percent. I would have stopped. You were like, you were like, you were like, that's, that's around four out of eight or something. I was like, no way. But then everyone else kept going. And I was like, fuck, like, I can't, I can't be the one to not keep going. And like the fact that there were other people there suffering with me, I was like, I got it done, but I 100% would have stopped if I was there on my own. Yeah. And that's the thing. And then you're, I mean, I'm the same way. Like I'll go at four o'clock, I'll go work out with a bunch of the guys because I know if I go and do it myself, I'm going to probably fucking half-ass it. And there are people who are so driven. Like there are people I know in CrossFit and bodybuilding who could put on a set of headphones, maybe not even headphones, walk into the gym, spend two hours there and just fucking grind away. And I've never been that person, you know, and people expect me to be that person and I'm not but there are many people who are, but for the people who are not that way, well, you need a community. You need somebody to push you along. You need somebody. I mean, that's the only reason personal training is a job, right? right? So people want to go to a place where you're doing the same thing as everybody else. And you're, you're, you have support, right? Cause every, everyone wants to feel wanted, loved, accepted. I mean, everything that's going on right now is because people don't feel that way. Right. Everybody lashes out at the world and the government and everything else because they're like, well, I don't feel accepted. I don't feel wanted. I don't. It's definitely multiplied because of social media, right? Everybody's like, I need another like, I need another check. I need another this. I need another that. I need to feel wanted constant, constant, constant. So I think the demand is higher than ever before. And I think people want to be in a place and, and feel like they belong somewhere. Uh, someone I know just had put up a thing where it's like, love isn't good enough anymore it needs you need to be loved accepted you need to have uh security you need to feel like you're number one every day and i'm like that's not really reality right like especially in a relationship right this person was talking about being in a relationship with someone that's a lot of energy for one person 
to give to somebody else. And, and anybody listening to this, think about this, right? If every day you had to show up 150% for your job, for your person, for your kids, for the people in your community, it's like, fuck, man, that's exhausting, right? Could you imagine every time somebody's like, oh, I think this is fucked up. Or I think this is wrong. You're supposed to be, give them all the attention. You, yeah, I agree. That's amazing. Blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, that's exhausting. How many times... Most people love stupid TV. I think reality t- television only exists because it's like a way to turn your fucking brain off and watch people who have it just a whole bunch shittier than you do. Like, <laughs> I love watching like cartoons like Family Guy or The Simpsons or something because it's like it's dumb television and it's funny and it's like it's a cartoon and I don't have to really pay attention to it because the amount of shit you have to give throughout the day is exhausting. You know, yeah. and for it to expect that from everyone all the time is a lot. One hundred percent. We're always looking for a, a way to like disconnect and like unplug. But you mentioned right at the beginning, you know that you would half-ass a workout if you went in, and but some people can put their headphones on and just fucking power through it. And I think that there, it comes down to a certain knowledge of self to be to know yourself and be honest with yourself because this is why again personal training and nutrition coaching and all this stuff exists right people would always ask me they're like well do I really need a personal trainer but no you don't need shit you can do everything on your own but the question is will you that's it's not the question of can you all the information is out there whether it's personal training nutrition starting a business having a perfect relationship we have to get out of this mindset of like I can do it on my own because it's cheaper. And th- and that's the thing that people are looking to save money because it's like, well, a personal trainer is expensive. A good gym is expensive. Uh, everything in life is expensive. And the thing is that you can figure it out on your own, but it's going to take time and energy and effort. And as, as you just mentioned, Kenny, it's like everything is asking for those things from us. Everything is asking from our time, whether it's our job, it's our partner, it's our kids. These things are being constantly drained. So the way the most successful people I've found are the people who outsource some of these things. And what you're really doing when you hire a coach like Kenny, or you go to one of his classes or something, is you're outsourcing that thought for that hour. You're like, I want to go to him. I want to get a good workout, but I don't want to think about it. I don't want to read the textbooks that Kenny has. I don't want to go to the seminars like he has, but I want to make sure that I'm not just getting some janky workout and I'm getting the most efficient thing done. And like that to me is a very efficient investment of time and energy and money because everyone can't be an expert in everything. If you're a lawyer, go be a lawyer. If you're a real estate yeah. guy, go be a real estate guy. Yeah. You know, and then find someone like Kenny of Kenny's gym where they have the stuff laid out for you and they have the community and they have all these other ex- aspects. And I think that those are the people, again, in my experience, I'm curious if you agree, Kenny, the people who, who know how to lean on others when they need to are the people that I found are the most successful. Yeah. Well, you streamline it, right? Like could I clean my gym every day? Sure. But it's going to take hours away from me learning or working or doing something else. Can I do my own taxes? Sure. It's going to take a fuck ton of time and it's going to take effort and a bunch of bullshit that I don't care to do. Could I do everything in my gym myself? Sure. But it takes me away from doing other things. What I tell people is when you invest in something worth investing in, right? When, when the benefits outweigh everything else, for instance, when you take care of yourself, when you invest in yourself, getting more fit, getting in better shape, that sets you up for success with anything else. And this is how I pitched it to this company that I work with. If you guys are all in sales, what's one thing that you need every time you walk into the room or every time you get on the phone with somebody? You need confidence. 
What gives you more confidence than looking and feeling your best? So if you get up in the morning, you said, all right, I did everything I could up to this point to look my best, to feel my best, to do my best, right? Because it's not just about, there's, there's the salesman and there's the scientist, right? The scientist knows all the holes and the ins and outs of everything they need to know about their craft or their skill or whatever it is. And then there's a salesman who's so personable and the person just wants to be around them and you could sell them shit on a stick. And they'll buy it because they just like you. They want to be around you. And that confidence comes from you feeling and looking your best. And I think there's no denying that sex sells, right? The most attractive people are always selling the most high-end products, right? We downplay that a lot. Like there are people who, this weekend I was away and I met this kid. I don't know what the fuck he does. I don't think he even has a job. But he had a swagger about him. He had a confidence. He's a good-looking guy who's in great shape and just could talk to everybody and anybody. And I think that is such a very special skill that we downplay all the time. That's the thing I, I, I teach a lot about self-confidence because I think that is the, the, the game changer, right? There's a level of, yes, like pretty people get the better jobs, but there's also a level of like, there's a shit ton of pretty people out there. And how do you differentiate? Just like you said, the, the guy you met in, in Greece, there's a lot of guys with six pack abs. There's a lot of jack guys and a lot of them are awkward as hell. Cause I've seen yeah. a lot of guys in the gym who, who work out all day long and they get jacked as hell. And they're like, wait, why, why are people not talking to me? Well, it's because <laughs> you didn't work on that shit that's inside your head. You still don't know how to, how to hold a conversation. Exactly. And so it, it's, it's two pieces of the puzzle. And that's kind of where I've been focusing my attention a lot recently because I think people focus too much on the physical aspect because they're like, like, well, shit, if I just get abs, everything will be different. Then they get the abs and they realize, well, no, you're still kind of awkward. Or you still don't know how to, you still don't believe in yourself. You still are a little fat kid at heart or a million other things. So like, I think that it's two equally important pieces of the same puzzle, but one doesn't fix the other automatically. Like, yeah, people will be more confident when they lose weight or have muscle because you feel good in your body, but it is not a cure-all where it's just like, if you've never been a confident person and then you lose 50 pounds, you'll probably just be a person who's 50 pounds less and still isn't confident. So there's a, there's a, a little bit of, a, of both there. But the last question that I, I want to ask you before I let you go is, I ask every one of my guests the same exact question, which is if you could leave listeners right now with one action step, something they could do right now today, as soon as they take their headphones out from listening to this episode to live a happier, healthier life, what would that be? Take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. And those little things are choosing the next right meal, choosing to go work out, choosing to hug somebody or smile at somebody or make somebody feel better on a daily basis. I think all those little things, if you compound them over time, will make you the best version of you. I love that. That's, I love that because I love when, when that's like, that's a real action step. Like that's something that you can do literally today, go hug someone, just be a little bit nicer. And I, that, that's so awesome. Um, but actually before I let you go, I'm sorry, I lied. I have one more thing because you, you mentioned, um, the event that you're doing in New York city. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that for myself personally. And also for anyone listening who might be interested. So could you just tell me a little bit about what that is? Yeah. On October 1st, we're bringing back strong New York at the, it's a health and wellness festival. Uh, one day event. We're holding it this year at Chelsea Pier. So we partnered with the biggest gym in the city to throw New York city's biggest event. Uh, we did it back in 2019 uh, was our last event uh, before, right before the pandemic. We had over uh, 1,200 people there. It was pretty cool. Super cool event. I'm bringing in doctors, nutritionists, trainers from all over the country. They're going to come teach class. They're going to do workshops. They're going to do, um, we're going to have lifting seminars. We're going to have uh, talks and uh, panels on everything from biohacking to health and wellness to sleep to fitness in general. 
Uh, so it's going to be a very cool event. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If you're a fitness enthusiast, a coach, somebody who's on the fence about not sure where to work out or what to do. I think this is a great opportunity for you to uh, kind of indulge in that. And then we're going to have a little party afterwards. Love that. That's amazing. And this is the type of stuff that I think people need, especially as you said, that last person who's like kind of been on the fence and hasn't jumped in head first yet. I think that this is a great place. So anyone in the New York area, um, I'll have a link in the show notes for people who want to check out more information on that. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. And we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Until next week, stay happy, stay healthy.